Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hurdle, a podcast that talks to top entrepreneurs and badass humans who got through a tough time in their life, a hurdle of sorts, by leaning into wellness. Fresh back from an unbelievable trip to Italy, BTW, I think I might be in slight fresh made pasta withdrawal. My name's Emily Abadi. My shtick is that I am a certified trainer, run and spin coach, also a writer, editor, and podcaster living here in New York City. On today's episode, I sit down with Whitney Tingle and Danielle Dubois. I wish my last name was Dubois. No offense, Dad. <laughs> the founders of Sakara Life, an organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery service that is like the it thing for some of Hollywood's A-listers, including Kate Hudson and Gwyneth Paltrow. A little note about what's going on with me. Guess it's kind of relevant to what we talk about here on Hurdle. I am running the Boston Marathon a week from today. Oh my God. It's so crazy. I am anxious and excited and questioning even the smallest things that I know to be true because... That's just what you do before you run 26.2 miles. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you're going to be in the Boston area on Monday, April 16th, give me a holler. Let me know where to look for you along the route. Quick thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Ultra. If you're looking to run injury-free and really, who isn't? then putting on a pair of ultras could be exactly what you need. That's thanks to their zero drop design, which means that the forefoot and the heel are at the same height. This encourages a low impact landing with a bent knee and a softer foot strike. Again, the brand is called Ultra. That's A-L-T-R-A. You can find them at ultrarunning.com. If you haven't done so yet, click on over to hurdle.us slash featured, where you can enter your email address to stay in the loop with my newsletter. On Instagram and Twitter, follow along at Hurdle Podcast, and make sure you are subscribed in the iTunes store. Oh, and uh, one more thing, important. We are getting closer to the first ever Hurdle Live at the Arlo Hotel in Nomad on May 8th at 7 p.m. It'll be a panel discussion on self-love, including some of the A-plus amazing guests from weeks past. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. And I think that's it for now. Let's get to hurdling. Today on Hurdle, I'm sitting down with Whitney Tingle and Danielle Dubois, the founders of Sakara Life, which is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine. It offers ready-to-eat plant-based meals and snack supplements to men and women everywhere. Nicely said. Thank you. (laughs) This is my first time having two people in the booth. It feels yeah. except like we're girl ganging in here. Right yeah, now. this is fun. This is a great booth. <laughs> great booth. So to kick things off, why don't you both tell me a little bit about how you met? Because it's not like you walk up to someone on the street, you see she has a nice bag, and you're like, hey, let's start a company. Started a multi-million dollar company together. No. That we've known each other since we were kids. We actually met in uh, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Whitney was the new girl in school. And, and where were you? In Sedona, Arizona, which have you been to Sedona? No, but it is so on my bucket list. Yeah. I want to get it in a Jeep and in... everyone's bucket list. It's it's an incredible, incredible place. It's very hippie, spiritual, but also really, really beautiful. It's elevated desert, so you have 
pine trees next to cacti, which is just visually and aesthetically such a crazy thing to see. And then you have huge red rocks that are really dense in iron. So there are measurable magnetic forces, which people call the vortex vortexes or vortices. Um, and so people, a lot of people come from all over the world to you know, have healing. There's like healers. You know how in LA, everywhere you go, um, your server or your driver or whatever is in the business is in Hollywood, like an They're actor or whatever. Actor model. <laughs> oh, 100%. In Sedona, everyone is a healer. Oh. So I just a took my... A massage therapist or a yogi. I just took my, my mother-in-law on a Jeep tour and um, our Jeep driver was also like a a hypnotist and could read your tarot cards. And he's got like acupuncture needles in the backseat. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably. So anyway, we grew up there and it's it's a very specific upbringing. Yeah. Um, you know, Whitney and I met in math class in seventh grade and our teacher had a shaved head and a nose ring and she was a raw foodist. Wow. Yeah. Teaching us algebra. Right. <laughs> Why don't we reel it in for just a second here? Talk to me about what Sakara Life is, uh, kind of the foundations of what you guys have to offer and uh, what happens there. Well, as you said, Sakara Life is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine. That's our focus is providing you with food, powerful food and delicious food that you can use to help heal your body, to feel like your absolute best self. And when you come to our site, you're most likely going to notice our ready-to-eat meal delivery. That's kind of how what we've been become known for. Um, lots of celebrities have done our program, and you might have noticed that on their social media. Um, so that is kind of the big focus when you come to our website, getting to order breakfast, lunch, dinner, or a combination of that, all made fresh, all organic, delivered straight to your door. You don't have to cook it. There's no prepping. It's not a meal kit. You just open it up and eat it. Yeah, give me it's... give me an example of some top meals. Well, or snacks. Yeah, I'm. You, you can think of us as like your personal chef and nutritionist in one, and it's all delivered to you, ready to eat. So, some of our favorite meals are usually ones that people like eating, but we've kind of what we call sakarified them. Mm -hmm. um, so made them incredibly healthy, incredibly healing. Um, so we have a red beet burger that's probably one of our most photographed and enjoyed meals because yes. um, it looks and feels kind of like a burger but it's made out of beets uh, really flavorful and every lunch and dinner comes with a big bed of greens and that's not because we just don't know what else to give you it's like <laughs> a core. Like, I like that burger salad <laughs> yeah it's it's a red beet burger, and it comes with some greens. Those yeah. are your daily greens. Getting your greens is one of the most important, like, core pillars of our nutrition philosophy. Um, Dr. Robin Chutkin, who is a friend and advisor, talks. She's a she's a microbiologist, and she studies um, the gut and helps a lot of people with autoimmune diseases. She talks about how greens are the most important thing to get into your diet every single day, organic leafy greens. I teach at a spin studio here and one of the girls came up to me yesterday that had just taken my class and she said to me, can I ask you a question? I was like, of course, what's up? She tells me that she's on her own personal weight loss journey and she's asking me what I eat. So I gave her some inside intel you know, mm -hmm. the, the ups and downs of mm -hmm. my diet. Yeah. And she tells me that she's just eating. She's like, I eat so much protein and no carbs. And I'm said, so I said, are you eating fruits and vegetables? 
And she's like, probably not as much as I should. And I said, stop right there. Yeah. yeah. Like, you've got to up it. Yeah. You've got to up it. Because yeah. you, you feel so much different, just to your point, about how your body is working and your gut and your digestion just the second that you add that kind of stuff into your diet. Yeah, it's really unlearning this idea of macronutrients dictating what you should eat and mm-hmm. therefore how you should feel and what you should look like. And we talk a lot about body intelligence and our bodies have this innate knowledge. And we tend to think we've been taught that weight loss is like about calories and carbs and points and pounds, um, but it's really not. Even biologically and scientifically, you know, your microbiome, that six pounds of bacteria in your gut is dictating how you digest your food. And from that, I mean, you know, how many calories you absorb from your meal. So you and I have very different microbiomes and I could perhaps absorb a lot more energy from my salad than you would or vice versa. Right. Where you and this girl could eat the exact same things in the exact same portions and have different outcomes, absorb different amounts of calories, and gain or lose weight differently. And that's true with nutrients, too. So one reason we always tell people to listen to their body and not get really attached to these fads. You know, high protein is like counting your macros. Yeah, it's like the new low fat. Um, And it's just as dangerous as the low fat fad was. And it's because it takes your intuition away from you. The minute, you know, there's a diet to follow. And I know this personally because I was just such a yo-yo dieter. It was one of the reasons we started Saqqara was because Whitney and I hit rock bottom at the exact same time. I'd been a yo-yo dieter my entire life. I remember being nine years old and going to Costco with my mom and trying to hide diet pills in the cart at nine. Like at nine, I already had a sense that the way I looked wasn't good enough or I wasn't thin enough or I wasn't pretty enough. Um, And the way that manifested over the next 15 years plus was trying every diet, you know, and jumping from one yo-yo diet to the next extreme diet. And all the diets taught me was that, you know, my body doesn't know what it needs, that I have to like, you know, follow rules in order to get um, a certain figure that I was looking for, get a certain feeling I was looking for. And it also taught me that less is always better. Yeah. Everything you're putting down is definitely something I can relate with. I mean, I yo-yo dieted my entire life until I got to college and finally stepped on a scale and saw 204 pounds and knew I couldn't yo-yo diet anymore. I needed to do it for good. And I think what you're saying about just this being so young and already having such a bad self image, mm-hmm. it's something that so many women, especially, so really struggle many. with. And I can only imagine what young women and young men are going through these days with Instagram. And social where it's media. not just watching TV or flipping through a magazine, but it's right there in the palm of your hand all the time. I am so thankful that the only social media that was popular when I was in college was like Twitter and Facebook and in such lesser amounts than it is now Mm -hmm. because I can't even imagine dealing with that struggle and being so inside of my own head and having that exposure Mm -hmm. to so many people Mm -hmm. who are maybe at the time I would have viewed it as doing it right and I was doing everything wrong and it was just shoved in my face day in. Yeah, Yeah. and and because there's a lot of also conflicting information about out there about what to do. You know, some people might do really well with a high animal protein diet, but a lot of us don't. A lot of us 
you know, do well on a plant-based diet. And by that, you know, Whitney and I are not vegetarians or vegans. And, you know, we don't think that that's the only way to be healthy. We think the only way to be healthy is to build a body that you get to listen to. And the one thing that we all know is that we need to get more plants into our diet because that's the number one thing, that bacteria in your gut that's dictating everything from your hormonal health to your immune system and your mood. You know, 95% of your serotonin is made in your gut. The number one thing those microbes eat is plant-based fiber. And when you're not giving them the food they need because you're focused on you know, protein or low fat or whatever the fat is, they actually, you know, they don't want to die, these microbes. They've been around for trillions of years. Um, you know, they, they want, like, they will start to eat the inner lining of your gut if you're not feeding them the right things. And that's what really leads to autoimmune disease and leaky gut syndrome. And so when we tell people, you know, let go of all the learnings you have. Like we actually have to help people unlearn more than mm-hmm. learn. <laughs> um, it's because we're trying to help them build up this healthy gut and really get to a place where they get to listen to their body. I'm so amped that you guys are here because everyone that I've had on Hurdle so far, their hurdle moments and their stories have have been so rooted in fitness. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of the vocabulary you're throwing out here involves all of these words that I'm not getting the chance to talk to my audience a lot about, like serotonin. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk to them about serotonin for a second before we move on? Yeah, well, you know, I think what's really incredible about the notion of, you know, neurotransmitters is that we used to think that, like, the way we think and the way we feel all happened in the brain. And what we're finding and, you know, what studies show is that that's not true, that you actually have a first brain, which is the the group of all of these microbes in your gut. Um, and so if neurotransmitters are made in the gut, then of course it matters what you eat. You know, of course it matters that you're eating a hundred calorie processed snack pack versus, you know, a hundred calories of broccoli, that food is information and that information is dictating what you think and how you feel. So what do you say to the person that's like, it makes me really happy to sit down at Italy with my boyfriend on a Thursday and eat a baguette and a cheese plate and drink a bottle of wine. Great. Say, go for it. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. I'm just so interested because, yeah. you know, obviously there are benefits to both sides of it. There Absolutely. are benefits to the cup of broccoli and there are benefits emotionally a lot of the time to yeah. doing the baguette and the cheese plate after Absolutely. a long day of work. But this goes back to then what you eat for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And you are the majority, you are what you do the majority of the time. As long as you have your little path, like leave the bread, the trail of breadcrumbs (laughs) to get back to feeling like your best self. Like kale crumbs. Right. Kale crumbs. (laughs) Yeah. But if you have those tools at your disposal and you know how to get back to feeling good, which is just getting back into your regular rhythms of life, we believe that you should enjoy all of that and do it without any guilt. But know that you might swing out of balance a little bit and be okay with that. Uh, as long as you know how to get back to feeling good. What I was really interested in to hear about Whitney specifically is your hurdle moment really having to do with your skin and getting to a point where you felt like you just couldn't continue on with a lifestyle that presented on your skin with adult acne in this way. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? So I had been battling with cystic acne since high school. I did Accutane when I was probably 17 years old, and that didn't work for me. Um, 
before that, I had tried all of the different proactives and creams and all of the topicals that I could find, went to a number of dermatologists, and finally I decided to do the Accutane, which is pretty extreme. And with the Accutane, you also receive Prozac because suicide is a common side effect. You are put on birth control pills and sign a contract saying that if you get pregnant, you will have an abortion because your baby will come out with birth defects. Um, I didn't know this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have your blood tested every week or every other week to make sure that your liver is okay because it could possibly destroy your liver as well. And I decided that it was worth it to take all of those risks and to do the Accutane because my skin was so bad and it and it bothered me so much. Yeah, and I feel like it's important, you know, Whitney speaks about her skin a lot and like you can see her skin now. It's perfect. Yeah, it looks great. Um, when she was going through it, like her cystic acne was really bad. And I feel like it's important to call out because, you know, I know girls that will like go on Accutane for like a zit on their cheek. Mm -hmm. And just that this was like a really serious journey for her and impacted her life in so many ways from, you know, self-confidence. It's like, I thought about my struggles with weight and like, you know, I, that was like 10 or 15 pounds. Like, yeah, I wore it, but only I could really tell. But for Whitney, like, I remember watching her struggle so much because it was like she wore it on her face. And I would never leave the house without makeup on. Right. Ever. Right. And, you know, the Accutane didn't work. And when I moved to New York to come out to work on Wall Street, I thought somebody here will cure me. Somebody will have the answer. And, you know, working on Wall Street just aggravated my skin even worse. That stress. Yeah, it was the stress. I put on a good 15 pounds right off the bat. Um, but it's more than just the stress. It's the lifestyle. It's the not having time for lunch or to think about what you're going to eat. You're tired of making decisions all day. And so you just go with whatever appeals at the moment. You're not sleeping as much as you should. You're going out after work, drinking alcohol. And you know all of that starts to add up because... You know, now we know that it's because of the gut and how you're treating it and what you're feeding it. But at the time, I didn't know that. And so I just would open up these magazines and look in there and say, okay, this dermatologist has a quote in the magazine. He must be the best. So I'd go to see him and he'd spend five minutes with me and then hand me a prescription for a mega round of antibiotics or Accutane again. And I tried, you know, more lights and more lasers. I didn't want to do the Accutane. And finally, you know, a dermatologist told me, like, this is your only option. This is all you have. This is all you can do. You just need to do it again. And this voice inside of me was saying, don't do it. It's not the answer. You know that. You can feel it. My body was just screaming at me, don't do it. And I decided not to do it. Would you say that was your lowest point? I when mean, this final person I was, was just... I was yeah. sitting... I would go to see these doctors and cry because I was so frustrated that there was no other solution. And how old are you at this point? Um, I must have been... Yeah, 23. Wow. This time. Yeah. And... It's been a decade of dealing with acne. Yeah. And seeing so many doctors and trying the latest things on the market. Um, like that crazy laser. There was one time she... 
Uh, we were roommates at the time in New York, and she did this laser where they put this acid on her face that was incredibly painful. They use it for skin cancer patients. Um, and then they put her under this like UV light that literally burned like the top three layers of her skin off. Did you not have to go into public after a few days after that? How does that happen? How does that work? They said she had a Yeah, they tell you not to go into public. (laughs) But we did. Yeah. And actually somebody came up to her, like this little man came up to her and was like, are you okay? Did you just escape a fire? I looked like, yeah, I looked like I had been in a fire. My face was burnt, completely burnt. And after a few days, it started to peel and just layers of skin peeled off. And, and it didn't work. And then the <laughs> acne was there. And, wow. And it just kept coming back. Wow. And it was because I kept trying to treat it from the outside. Nobody was talking to me about what are you eating? Are you getting enough nutrition? Are you going to the bathroom every day? Because I wasn't. Right. I didn't, you know, my digestive system was all out of whack, but nobody was asking me about that. It's a vital sign, too. Yeah, you're, it's your exit for your toxins, and it should be working. But none of the doctors were talking to me about that. Wow. And okay, so then when did you decide that you needed to make this pivot? How did you, how did you know to make the well, pivot? that wasn't until after Danielle and I went on this journey to create Sakar together and saw the right life-changing benefits. It was nutrition school. Mm-hmm. So I just... I just graduated. Um, I studied biochem and then I was just going to nutrition school. And that was right at the same time that I hit my rock bottom. And, you know, I did my last yo-yo diet that put me in the hospital. It was like a seven day water fast, which is insane. It was like at this retreat in Southern Arizona. Um, And so we really hit rock bottom together. Mm -hmm. And for me, it really scared me. Like I remember sitting in the hospital with Whitney and I was just like, mortified and terrified that I was so willing to hurt myself to get this body that I thought I had to have or I thought that I didn't have. Um, And that's really when I decided that I was going to get back to food as medicine instead of food as the enemy because food had been the enemy for me for so long. Um, So as I was studying nutrition, you know, I was learning so much incredible stuff that I just was like, I want people to know this. But then I realized, even when they know it, they're not going to know what to do. So, like, if I, I could talk about the science behind the microbiome for 10 years, but if I don't teach you how to eat for it, it doesn't really matter to you. So I can tell you that 95% of your serotonin is made in your gut, but that's not going to change how you wake up and make breakfast. Um, so Whitney and I were really the guinea pigs. You know, we were like, what is the diet for a healthy gut? You know, how do you eat well? How do I make sure I never am on a diet ever again? And when you started eating this way or talking about this and bringing this more into regular Mm -hmm. conversation, was it in your head that you were going to start this company or was it just, we need to fix us. us? It was just us. It wasn't a company yet. We we were like so far away from thinking we were going to start a successful company at that point. We were just trying to get by and survive. Um, and get to a place where we felt like we were feeling really good. I felt like I it had been so long since I felt really good. And, you know, now that I've been on this journey for almost seven years, I just, I recognize how many people are walking around feeling okay about just feeling okay. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know that they can actually feel better. And so that's really where the mission came was, you know, we transformed our lives through this 
food program, um, you know, based on getting enough vegetables every single day, high quality organic fruits and vegetables and plants and, you know, making sure you're getting the colors and the nutrients and, you know, the protein and the healthy fats. And it's really foods. and it's really hard to do on your own. You know, when we were cooking for ourselves, we were spending all day at the grocery store or calling up farmers, trying to find, you know, farmers that maybe weren't organic but had the organic practices. It's like knowing where your food comes from is half the battle. And then making it taste good is the other half. And then making sure you have access to it all day, every day is like the hardest part. And so once we changed our own lives, like eating this way for three weeks is when we both started to like really see was like the light at the end it was of the going tunnel. somewhere and the building blocks for this came from you studying nutrition yeah well, and then our also our background in Sedona of just understanding that food was medicine understanding the mind body food connection and that what you eat impacts what you think and how you feel and vice versa yeah my mom growing up was all about this she still is um you know right now she grows her own organic garden in her yard. She flies in volcanic rock dust from Italy to put on the produce in order to increase the amount of minerals in her food. I'll bring you some. Yeah, thank you. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) Pack that in your suitcase. It's really heavy. I got you. Um, And, you know, she was making me those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the bread with all the twigs and berries sticking out of it, grinding her own peanut butter. You know, as the kid, nobody wanted to trade lunch with me at school. And but she taught me, you know, even as early as when I was first learning how to read, she taught me how to read an ingredients label and she taught me which ingredients are healthy and which ones aren't so that I could make my own decisions when I when she wasn't around. So you would say that you were just making a lot of the wrong decisions before you started eating this way and permanently as an access and the access was a major part of it. And I think our idea of what is really healthy also changed because we thought we were eating healthy when we were eating Ezekiel toast with coconut oil and pink Himalayan salt or like a hundred different forms of avocado toast or high fiber organic cereals with almond milk, um, raw trail mixes, these types of things, which are all considered healthy in that healthy bucket, but they were all really dehydrating. They're not staples. They're Yeah, they shouldn't be what you're living off of they should be here and there and what you should be living on is fresh produce you know foods that contain water and life inside of them and those are the things that when you buy them a few days later they're going to go bad and they're going to die in your refrigerator and when you're busy it's hard to take care of those fresh living foods in your refrigerator so we were just living off of shelf stable snacks and things that were considered healthy but were dehydrating us. Taking a quick break from today's episode to give the sponsor, Ultra, a little bit of love. I have been wearing a shoe of theirs, the Solstice, almost everywhere lately. Part of their recently launched Fast and Light collection, it is super lightweight and just perfect for when I want to hit the gym and then get a lot of things done around town. It's safe to say that a major part of why it's so comfortable is thanks to the foot-shaped toe box, which means that there's room for my toes to breathe no matter where I'm going. Plus, at 90 bucks, they're hard to beat. 
If you're looking for something that's better suited for longer runs, do not fret friends. Say that five times fast. <laughs> they've got tons of options. Really, they've got a different shape and style for whatever you might need. Again, that's Ultra, A-L-T-R-A. Find them at ultrarunning.com. Let's get back to it. So I'm sitting here with Danielle and Whitney of Sakara Life. So we've gotten to the point now in your story where you both are eating completely differently than you used to. What I want to hear about is when this shifts and you start to understand that this is something you need to share with other people. Yeah, you know, it was about three weeks into eating this way. So by eating this way, I mean, you know, mostly a plant-based diet, as Whitney said, getting all of those fresh organic plants into our diet every single day. Um, at around three weeks, we both started to see this light at the end of the tunnel. We were struggling, her with acne and me with body image issues and my relationship to food. Um, and I just, something clicked in my brain and it was almost like I remembered. It's like I remembered that food was medicine and I remembered that food was supposed to be nourishing and not the enemy. And when you think about food as nourishment or food as medicine instead of food as the enemy, instead of worrying about, oh, am I getting too much, too many calories, too much fat, all of these things, you have to worry, am I getting enough? And it sounds really simple now that I say it, but at the time, dealing with, you know, a decade plus of body image issues and yo-yo dieting, that shift really allowed me to have an entirely different relationship to my plate because it was about abundance and it was about joy and it was about feeling really good and it was about, you know, things tasting really good instead of constantly worrying about how many calories were in something or if I should eat more of this or less of this. And it brought this peace that not only changed, you know, my emotional self, but really changed my physical self. Like the shape of my body changed not just because of the different foods I was eating and I was eating a lot more healthfully, but also because of my emotional state and my relationship to food. You know, because we know that the microbiome impacts every aspect of your life, the microbiome is constantly understanding if you're stressed, you know, if you're feeling guilty about what you just ate, you know, that raises your cortisol and can cause you know adrenal fatigue and can cause an increase in belly fat, all of these things. And we forget that, that everything is tied in a neat little bow, that you can't just say, I'm going to go eat low calorie, high protein, but then I'm going to feel really guilty if I have a piece of chocolate cake after, but then I'm going to in the morning skip breakfast. And then, you know, like it just, it's this vicious circle and we forget that each part of life is really connected. So the minute I had a good relationship to my plate, that actually changed my physical body as well. Mm -hmm. And for me, I realized that after a decade of trying to fix my skin and focusing on my face that it was actually a gut problem and I had to heal my gut. I had to heal my digestive system. And so I stopped even just looking at my skin in the mirror. I backed away. No more picking, no more poking, no more creams, no more scrubbing. I, I backed away and I focused on my gut. I focused on what, what I was eating, what was on my plate, um, and making sure that all of that was healthy and functioning. And 
it all just started to clear up. Even after three weeks? first time. Yeah, the inflammation started to go down, the redness, fewer bumps started popping up. Um, And then I realized that there were other issues that I had been battling with that also started to go away. Um, Things like anxiety and female problems, that they were all connected. Yeah. And it all stemmed from my gut and what I was eating or what I wasn't eating more. So your friends, you start talking to your friends about this. Yeah. So we, well, we wanted to realize that we had just found something that was really powerful. Um, And we had no idea how to start a business, but we did have this really strong conviction that it was our duty to share this and that it couldn't just be recipes or tips, that it really had to be the food because you know, we might think we know a lot, but nothing really changes our lives until we take action. And it's a lot easier to mm-hmm. take action when the food is sitting in front of you ready to eat and you don't have to do anything. But people started to look at us and ask us what we were doing, you know, our friends, our neighbors. And they were like, can you just make whatever you're eating? Can you just make some extra of that and give it to me? How did that feel for you, especially because previously so many people your problem such an exterior thing Mm -hmm. now people were looking to you for advice instead of looking at you and making maybe snide comments that made you feel uncomfortable I mean even still when people tell me oh wow your skin is beautiful what are you doing I I think it's crazy I'm like I was never going to be the girl that had great skin never I never thought that that would have been possible Now you have great skin and a company. (laughs) (laughs) So people are asking you to make them some food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like now looking back, that was a pivotal moment. But at the time we were like, uh, okay. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like we were like, okay, we're going to build this into a huge company and do it. We, for me, it was more, it was so much more personal. It was like, I just wanted one other person to experience that same transformation that I had because I knew so many women, especially women. There's more and more men too, but going through some version of what I'd gone through that wanted to feel better, that wanted to look better and all they knew how to do was diet. And so I really wanted one other person to feel that transformation. And so starting to deliver to friends allowed us to understand that there was a huge need and a huge opportunity. Logistically speaking, what did that look like? Like, <laughs> we what, would how cook in we, our kitchen I was and say, deliver like, on our bicycles. Stay up all night long cooking. <laughs> we and were then the deliver. accountants, we were, you know, the chefs, the delivery people, the lawyers. We were the customer service people. You were your own HR we're department the for the two of you. <laughs> yeah, we built our own website on iWeb, which is so TBT. ancient now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we I will say that even though we had no idea what we were doing, there was this really strong conviction in us mm-hmm. that we were onto something and that it was bigger than us. And that I, the only thing we had to do was keep going. Even on the days where we were like, what are we doing? We're like delivering to 10 people and pretending like this is a huge company. It's like you have those moments, but you have like everybody forgets that a company starts with one person and then two and then 40 clients and then a million clients. But it starts with one and you have to be okay with that. I sat down with Sadie Lincoln. She's the founder of Bar 3. Yeah, we know her. A couple couple weeks back. Her her pod's live if you want to take a look. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I sat down with Sadie and she designates that as, quote unquote, warrior state. Mm -hmm. So you go into warrior state when something is truly right for you. And instead of taking days, 
weeks, months to figure it out. It all just starts to happen because you are doing exactly what you're supposed to do. And so you guys were in warrior state creating what you didn't even know would become this company. So it starts off delivering to friends. You're up all night. You're also still at your jobs, respectively. I was still in school. You were in school and you were at your job on Wall Street. Yeah. I think you would move to a new company, but yeah, you were still working. Working in finance. In finance, yeah. When did you ditch the job and when did you finish school? 12 was really when we decided, okay, this is something. And mm-hmm. I think we initially started it in probably 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, but 2012, a year later, we were like, okay, this is taking up a lot of time. It's clearly like our our mission. Like we love it. Um I think we need to really just give this a go. And for me, I had taken, um, you know, the GMAT and I was looking at going to business school. Why don't I put those two years toward trying to build a business? And at the end of the two years, maybe I'll have more experience in building business than I would have received at business school. And if not, business school is always there. And for me, that helped me to mitigate the risk. When do you move out of the kitchen? It was a long time. <laughs> like, we did everything for a really long time. We started the company with $700 in 2012. We hired our first employee in 2013. Um, what did that employee do? More like marketing, customer service, kind of like everything from the computer type of work. And you yeah. had a website at this point and people you that didn't we had know built. could order from you. Order is a strong word. Yeah. They could read about us and then email us to order. There we was can- no purchase button and on And then we website. would send you a PayPal invoice. We counted it took like seven emails for us to get cash in the bank. It's not an efficient model whatsoever. And then, you know, we just slowly started to build and 15 clients turned into 100 clients. And, you know, we realized that and we got our first press piece from Daily Candy, which I don't know if you remember R. Daily R. Candy. <laughs> I know. Oh, Rest I in peace. Um, but that was huge for us. And we woke up one morning to find like thousands and thousands of emails trying to order because you couldn't order online. And, you know, we had to tell people we were sold out because we, we were. really were. Like we couldn't cook that much ourselves. And that was when we decided to like hire a kitchen team and really get a commercial people, kitchen. Yeah, people that knew how to cook. And, you know, that's that's how we started. We had no idea what we were doing. We just kept going. And nothing stopped us, even the days that were really hard and you're supposed to have four chefs, but only one show up or, you know, the pallet of cauliflower that you ordered from the local farmer, like their fields got rained out. And so you only got a half a pallet. It's like, it's so mind numbing to think about what we used to go through, just the two of us. Aphids. Um, Have you ever seen (laughs) a million aphids covering cauliflower? Yeah. That dealing with organic nature, mother nature. Yeah. Yeah. She's a jerk sometimes. Yeah, and she's, she's not, she, she's she not there to, to necessarily, like, help things, you know. She's not there to make them easier, that's for sure. Where was this kitchen? Was it here? Was it? We've was been it? through a, a lot of kitchens. Yeah, we, we definitely kitchen hopped. Because you grow out of them really quickly. You know, you're not going to, we didn't have, we didn't have money. So it wasn't like we could invest in a kitchen that we, it was a little too big and grow into it. So we would hop a lot. But most of them were in Brooklyn. Because mm-hmm. um, you needed the space. And we started in share kitchens and... You know, it was really, really hard. By the way, like, we had never run a kitchen before. We had no idea how to hire for the roles. We had no idea what staffing a kitchen looked like. We just 
started, like we had done it for so long that we knew what had to happen. So we just started hiring people with knife skills and chef skills and built up the team like that. Where did the money come from? Um, the $700? Yeah, $700. That's what we started the company with. Where did the rest of the money come from? Sales. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you this, know, as a good old mom and pop business model, it's like we didn't have money to invest outside. We raised $700 from throwing a dinner party um, and charging tickets. And that's what allowed us to buy our domain name. We bought marketing cards, got to get registered our, name out our there. business. Yeah, registered the business. And um, from there on, it was like growth was what fueled growth. Yeah, that we had to price our service at the price, at the cost that it actually costs to deliver the meals. Where does the name come from? Sakara is a Sanskrit word. It means with form, having form, or giving form to that that doesn't have form. So your thoughts, your dreams, your ideas, your goals, how do you take all of those things and bring them to reality, give them a form? Uh, it's the manifestation of thoughts to things. And for us, we had a huge vision. We still have a huge vision of what Sakara could be. And so it was giving form to that vision. And for our clients, we hoped it would be the tools to allow them to turn their dreams into a reality. Did you just like come up with that name instantly? That's never how it happens. No, it found us. It though. really found us. We were looking for a name um, and nothing was really clicking. And then I think Whitney was studying yoga at the time. Um, and so we were looking at some Sanskrit words and that one just fell in our lap. Fell yeah. right. Oh, everybody tried to tell us it was wrong. <laughs> Yeah, like, no, well, and then our entire business model was never going to work. Like, who's going to want healthy food delivered? People want pizza and burgers and sushi delivered. And you should change your name to Healthy Meals NYC. <laughs> we had all the naysayers. Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, if you have naysayers, then you're probably doing things the right way. So how many customers would you say you have regularly right now? Thousands. Yeah. Thousands and thousands. We're, we're delivering to people all across the country now. And yeah. you said celebrities before. Yeah. What kind of celebrities are we talking about? I mean, Kate Hudson's been on our program, Chrissy Teigen, Lily Aldridge, um, many we can't name. But yeah. <laughs> we even have some NFL players uh, from some teams that you would definitely recognize. I love me so, a plant-based guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and then we have really amazing people, even in the middle of the country, places where you'd think, you know, they Maybe would not eat this, this way, yeah. yeah. But they are because the the knowledge is getting out there. What you put into your body doesn't just affect your physical body or your energy levels um, today, but also into the future. That your body will regenerate itself up to nine times in your lifetime, and what it uses to recreate the bone and the muscle and the tissues is what you're eating. Right. And obviously, there's a lot of value uh, placed on what you put into your body, which brings me to the point that buying Sakara Life isn't necessarily the absolute cheapest thing you can mm -hmm. do if you're mm -hmm. trying to eat healthy. Obviously, eating this way comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. For someone that's interested in what you guys have to offer but might not have the money to front for something like this, would you say your biggest piece of advice to someone for healthy eating is the greens, or where would you? start from? Yeah, I would say quality always over quantity. 
that, you know, organic really matters. Organic really matters. Um, and to focus on fresh fruits and vegetables every single day. And the more organic fruits and vegetables you can get onto your plate, the better. Um, and to get at least eight cups of leafy greens every day, which mm -hmm. is a lot. How much is too much fruit? I think that's a big topic. You know, I don't think the problem is a cup of raspberries. I think the problem... You don't think that's the problem? No, I think the problem is um, a lot of other things. I think if it comes straight from the earth and it's organic and not covered in pesticides, then you are on the right track and don't worry about it. You know, maybe in a year we'll... You know, I want people to, like, take it slowly. I don't think that you have to jump all in. We get a lot of clients that want to jump all in and I love that. Um, but that doesn't mean that's for everyone. And so if you can even just get more fruits and vegetables onto your plate every single day, that will start to change and heal your gut. Mm -hmm. Starting this business must have been frightening, especially when you left your full-time job to come and to do this with your best friend. Hiring mm -hmm. the first employee, that's the scariest. Yeah, because we weren't even paying ourselves. So when you're in this frightening position and you look back on that now, what is one piece of advice you would have given yourselves at that point? I think a lot about this idea of finding your mission. And for us, it was, and I love what Sadie was saying about that, you know, that warrior state, because it's just so true. It's like, you can find your passion, but like your passion is kind of what you like to do. If you're going to really devote your life to something, it has to be a mission and it has to be bigger than you and it has to impact lives. And that might be bigger and beyond what you just kind of like to do. So, you know, I guess I would have told myself that like you're on the right track because you feel so emotionally invested that you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure other people get to transform their lives through food as medicine. Yeah, we were given the advice early on to focus on how we are in service to other people. And that was really impactful. So just reiterating that of stay focused on the lives that you're helping to change, and that'll always lead you in the right direction. There are a lot of fun ingredients in your foods. Uh, why don't you rattle off a few of them? Ooh. We Juniper berry. Hemp seeds. Just in a breakfast in the morning. Ashwagandha. Rose. 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 I'm just adding to that. <laughs> Thank you. Blue spirulina. Turmeric. Yeah, we make it fun and sexy. Like it, You can eat really healthfully and still have fun and can be delicious. Spirulina is so sexy it's today. It's sexy. <laughs> Lion's mane. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Dandelion. Makuna. I think I've had something with dandelion. Dandelion. What is the most uncanny, if we can use that designation, additive that you like? Like, what are you, like, you're like that dandelion root man. Oh, like, what's our favorite superfood? Yeah, what's your favorite? I actually really like barley grass. That, like barley grass. Yeah, yeah we have, we have a couple. Weird? Yeah, you're laughing at us right now. We see that. <laughs> um, the listener can't I just love it. I just love it because you really have to take a step back. And I feel like in New York, we're in the bubble sometimes. In yeah. a lot of major cities, you're in the bubble where these things are actually very accessible, although they sound kind of obscure. Yeah. But someone that could be listening to this and they are in Alabama. You and, can find barley grass on Amazon. Well, maybe now they know that. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't know that before. And it's so 
uncanny and funny to me that, you know, we're so fortunate to have access to these things. And Mm -hmm. it's really spreading this knowledge that there are things like that that can be so good for you, these superfoods. And they're not so widely talked about. And Mm -hmm. it's how to incorporate them into your diet and what kinds of benefits you can get when you yeah, do so. Absolutely. And I also think about that, though, is like the cherry on top. If you think about the entire cake, like that's the stuff that we all have access to. And that's, you know, fresh fruit and vegetables. And that's really what I want people to focus on. Mm-hmm. I love the superfoods and they're a core part of our pillars of nutrition. Um, but that's like if you've got everything else. Like I, I know people that will just like, you know, focus on having like a powdered breakfast because it's all superfoods and it's like no that 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 doesn't count you have to get the fresh fruits and veggies what's your favorite failure from building your company hmm i guess we're really not the types to think about failure because they're lessons yeah they're lessons where you can look at failures and let it get you down or you can look at failures as okay that was great now we learned that and so we won't have to do it next time or it gave us the gateway into something better over here. And so, you know, when I think about failures, it was all just stepping stones to get to where we are today. So it's really, you know, and I'm always just so focused on where we're going that it's hard for me to even think about um, what we did wrong. What we did wrong. Yeah, because it felt like it needed to happen. I mean, for me, it's more there are a ton of struggles. Like definitely yeah. challenges and struggles and days that we wanted to give up. And yeah, we've done some wild things. Like we piloted baby food. <laughs> and which obviously never didn't happened. work. Um, you know, we had a ton of ideas. We used to have like a superfood pack where you could buy like all these different superfoods. Like we've done a lot of things that just didn't click and weren't right. Um and that's been lessons of, of really sticking to our core and what we know because it's really easy to get distracted. Um, and we've definitely learned that lesson the hard way over yeah. and over. Mm-hmm. What other goals do you have personally for the next year or so? I feel like you probably have something to weigh in on here. Um, Danielle. Well, yes, I'm becoming a mother this year, uh, which is wild. Um, and I've been really enjoying the journey, not just of pregnancy, not just personally, but I've been enjoying sharing the journey. I thought a lot about, you know, should I keep it to myself, like keep it between my friends and family. I decided to share my journey because I found that there weren't a lot of people talking about it in a real way. And there's definitely more and more. And now that I'm in it, I've learned about more and more. But you know, I wanted to talk about the ups and the downs. I wanted to talk about, you know, how in my first trimester, I couldn't get leafy greens down and that's okay even though that's like you know what I'm saying is everyone has to get it every single day that I had to learn grace and I had to learn how to be gentle with myself and I had to you know learn a lot of lessons that I think will impact how I mother Um, but I wanted to be really honest and open about that and it's opened a lot of doors you know in in the company as well and how we speak to mothers and how we speak to potential mothers as well. So you've got the babe to look forward to. Yeah. She's what about in June? What about you? Well, I guess that makes me an auntie, right? <laughs> yes. Um, which that'll be great. Um, I'm just really excited for everything that we're continuing to build and grow. We have around 100 employees now, and those all feel like children, too. And 
you know, just nurturing the business and nurturing our clients. We have amazing new products that we're launching this year. Um, one is a product that will be at a more accessible price point for more people across the country. So, you know, just going back to our mission of trying to help as many people as possible discover the power of food as medicine and feel that transformation that we felt in our bodies, in their own bodies, too. This is such a teaser. Yeah, it'll be coming out in May. So stay tuned. I like it. Look at our website. Um, you know, and for the time being, we're we're just helping continue to spread the word. And you can check out our website at sakara.com. What's it like building a business with your best friend? I mean, for us, it's been the best. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't imagine, you know, we call ourselves, we're like soul sisters. But I think one thing, you know, that you have to look out for is I... I want her happiness before the companies. And that's very clear to me that those are my priorities. Um, but then it's like the company is our baby together. So we're usually aligned on wanting the business to succeed also. But I think that it's really important that when you start a business with anyone that you would consider a friend, that the friendship runs so deep that you're willing to sacrifice your career and your success for the other person's happiness. And then your choices are really clear. Um, and you know, we're lucky enough. We speak telepathically. We've known each other forever. The communication is really strong. And I think that keeps our relationship really authentic and truthful and healthy. Yeah. That helps a lot that we can just text each other at all hours of the day or night about anything, about anything that has to do with work or personal life. Mm -hmm. Would you say that having a similar upbringing contributes to that? For sure. For sure. You know, like we played volleyball together. We're on varsity together. We were on student council together. It's also just a lifetime of knowing someone that there's this, like we're family. So there's this innate trust also. We're coming to the end of our time here. I'd love to kind of close on a positive note. I want to ask the both of you to tell me something that you value in the other person. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that Danielle is a rule breaker, mm-hmm. that she has never let the rules of society or the way that things are supposed to be done um, stop her from doing something the way that she wants to do it or, or believes is the right way for her to do it. And I think that that um, has helped us grow and build and become what we are today because if you always follow the rules then you're never doing anything different mm-hmm. thanks Whit. Mm-hmm. yeah i remember getting advice early on it's like any rule that you follow was just made up by someone else so just make up your own um i really value whitney's intelligence you know she's probably one of the smartest people i've ever known and in a really interesting way where she thinks through she loves to think (laughs) she loves to just like sit and think through problems and you know I'm mercurial and fast and like to make fast decisions and she's the perfect opposite to me which is I want to think through what are the outcomes you know what are all of our choices could this be better Um, and I think it's really helped us not only differentiate from the very beginning but helps us continue to differentiate as we grow. Ladies, thanks so much for hanging out with me. Please take a moment to leave a quick review by clicking the link with the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life, 
I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdle podcast. And most importantly, feel free to stalk us all a little bit too. Ladies, give me the social rundown. Where do we find you? Sakara Life, websites, etc. I'm at Whitney Tingle. And I'm at Danielle Dubois. And we're both at Sakara Life. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I am at Emily Abadi. Thanks again, guys. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you next time. <laughs>